Hey guys, it's Giselle from Asian Pop Weekly. You're listening to Everywhere and Nowhere on Indigo. Welcome. Thank you. How good is this? Welcome, Yo, to Singapore and also to Sela Studios. Krista is lending us her studio. How's it being back, even though you were just back like two months ago, a month ago? Um, well, this time they didn't lose my suitcase. Um, I'm, I'm really happy to be back. Yeah, like straight away, I've already like already eaten so much good stuff. Oh, really? <laughs> it's been like less than Such 24 hours. Such a glutton. Hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I eat a lot. But um, anyway, um, I heard that you're in town because you have like a new single coming up, right? I, yes, it's coming out. Uh, when does this go to air? Uh, 22nd. All right. Mm. Okay. It should be out by then, by a long time. It's out this Friday. Friday tomorrow? the 9th of September. <laughs> it's out tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's out tomorrow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So how? So it's your new single that's out with Kitty Pernes. Mm-hmm. And I heard that she's an old friend of yours, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, we met a really long time ago in mm-hmm. Darwin, Australia. Okay. She's based in Singapore now, but she used to live there. Yeah, she's been based in Singapore for a little while now. Um, but uh, I think for a long time, her family was back and forth between mm, here and there. I see, I see. I felt like, you know, as a longtime fan, and like I, I felt that it's like a super different sound for you, like working together with her. So can you share a little bit about like, the references or like direction that came to mind when you guys started working together on Little Secret. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, I, I think I've always just admired her production and and pop songwriting. Like mm-hmm. She's really really good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, this was evident when I so when I met her, she was like nineteen in Darwin, and she supported us uh, at at the Railway Club, which is ah. really, it's almost like a RSL kind of venue, but it's really, it was still really quite nice. Mm-hmm. And, but she was just so, um, yeah, she was just, she was a kid and like, but but like blew us all away with yeah. her production and, and her songs. Um, and it turns out that she can sing really well. Um, and then so when we got together in the studio, um, this was, I can't even remember when this was, in like 2019 or something like that. Really? Yeah. It's been that long? It's been that long. Wow. But, but it just it just kind of it took a little while to get going because we hadn't seen each other for a mm. little while. I mean, I think we caught up before that. Um, but yeah, she just, sh- she showed me a demo of, of Little Secret and mm-hmm. it, it literally was like time travel. I... I just my brain went back to the '90s, to all the music that I grew up listening to, and mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah, I really vibed it, and I was like, "Do you mind if I write a verse?" And like, because it was a really short demo mm-hmm. at at the beginning, and um, and she was okay with it, and and then yeah, we just kind of recorded it all really quickly, um, at uh, David Sow's studio, home studio, and then. Then shelved it for like <laughs> for the pandemic. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, it was that trip that you were here. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Is that the first time that you've worked in the studio with her, or have you guys like jammed together? We hadn't like? jammed before then. Uh, yeah. So yeah. what was it like working with her in the studio? Like, did you find out anything new about her style and like her production? Um, I think the 
it was really awesome to hear and see her hear about and see her process. Mm. Um, and so she she just loaded up this Ableton session um, with all these different audio stems, and I was like, "Where did you get these sounds from?" And you know, so um, later I found out she told me that she like programmed th- some some stuff. And then she edited some loops from from Splice, which is this really big online um, sound library. Mm-hmm. And um, library, library. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she, she's, um, yeah, she's just got a real knack for finding tasteful things mm-hmm. and then manipulating it and then turning it into... Um, tracks and you know people hear it and they go ah oh, did you do the production and I'm like well I did a, a lot of it like I did a lot of the um, the f- kind of finishing of it mm. you know I added some effects afterwards and and I definitely did a lot of arrangement like pulling things out and then repeating some things and, and then I mixed it and stuff but the original music tracks like the guitar the vocal samples the drums it's all Kitty Penance. And it's really impressive. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's it just sounds so fun and smooth at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, I think, so this song was actually released under The Great Wave, which yes. is Charlie's DAO or collective. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Charlie. Yeah. We have like a shout out for Charlie every time me and Krista are like filming something together. Yeah, <laughs> I think we did it the last time as well. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, um, so he's the best. He is <laughs> Charlie fan club plus yep. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been um, a fan for a long time. Yeah, so I I think the Great Wave is doing some really interesting stuff. Um, you know, using Web three to create like an entirely new model for like independent artists to grow, um, mm-hmm. and foster creation. So, and you you're someone who's been independent for like. Your entire career? Almost. Yeah, Almost. there's been like a couple of releases that have come out uh, on a deal with a label. Okay. But even they were quite small. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Have you like ever signed or like considered signing with a label for the long term as an artist? The closest I came was when I was 19. Mm-hmm. Um, I got approached by Island Records um, after I self-released my first album. Uh, they wanted to take the album off offline, redo the songs, repackage it, change my image, and like re-release it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Nah, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awful." <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go finish school first, and then like university first, and then you know if I still want to, then I'll hit you up. And I did actually. I went back to them, mm-hmm. and the A and R person was like just you know that, that you know when people curve you they just like avoid you mm. yeah. and it's yeah. fine i feel like i missed my chance but mm. then looking back i'm really glad that i didn't get it because being independent the amount of awful stories i've heard of people who are signed and hate it mm-hmm. it's like yeah i'm glad i'm independent that's good. Yeah. I think it's just like that, like the in music industry and not necessarily in a good way, right? Like you always hear those stories of like, oh, that one chance. You have to like, you know, fight for that chance and get to that point so that you can get 
that big break or something, mm. but what is it about that big break that's going to cost you? You never know, right? Yeah. There's always... I guess I, I hold such a high value on creative freedom. Um, and then the moment someone else lends you money mm. to, to do what, to be creative, the creative freedom is now split between you and them. And, you know, fair enough. That's mm. their money. Like, they they deserve that. But yep. often the line gets blurry and messy and, and, um, and then people's feelings get hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny. True. Is that the main thing about being creative? I mean, being independent that works for you or is there anything else that you really enjoy about being independent? I mean, on, on reflection, now that I said it out loud, <laughs> it's like I'm really sensitive about like my creative mm-hmm. being. So yep. when the money person comes along and tells me they don't like it, do. I get hurt. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I just like to be a I guess that makes me a bit of a control freak. Aren't we all, though? <laughs> you want it done your way, you know. Yeah. Sometimes if you want it done your way, you got to do it yourself. So that's where the DIY comes from, right? Definitely. I think um, as someone who's been in the indus- industry for, like, a while now, and I know you've, like, mentored young younger artists and, like, songwriters and stuff, do you have, like, any suggestions or, like, any really important advice for, like, young artists? Who are just starting out? The one that I always come back to, um, I've been asked before, like, what advice do I have? Mm. Um, it's to learn how to do as much as you can by yourself before, hundred percent, before reaching out to other people mm. to to help you. Because yeah. if you learn the process, when you finally do get other people to be on your team or to help you, they won't. They can't mess you over because yep, you know you know what w- all the steps yep. required to do something. So yep. say for example, if it's PR, if you do your own PR for a little while, it's hell. It's terrible. <laughs> it's awful. But like, because you have to talk about yourself and you have to mm-hmm. like basically rinse and repeat and personalize all these communications to like different people yep. to get your stuff out there. Um. But then you know that that's the kind of work that needs to be done to spread the word. So Mm -hmm. when a bad PR person does your PR and and it doesn't go anywhere and all they send you is like a really basic spreadsheet of things or Mm. places that they've sent your music, you know that it's not worth the money Mm -hmm. and you can call them out on it and Mm -hmm. or just not work with them again. You know, you know, you know, yeah, you're a better judge of of. You're able to protect yourself mm. in many more ways, basically. Yeah, I definitely... I think for me, that would actually be, like, the reason why I support, like, independent artistry the most as well. Like, for me, independent artists are, like, entrepreneurs. Actually, all artists are entrepreneurs, I feel like. Because mm. at the end of the day, even if you're signed with a major label, the moment you leave, you then have to take care of your own career yourself. That's right. That's right. right. So I think that it's really important to, like, be present in the process. Mm. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, mm. lazy artists exist. I work, <laughs> I I've worked with heaps. Like there's people who just are f- awful with communication and awful with getting back to you, and say that they'll do something and then they don't do it, and you're just like, yeah, we've all been there. <sighs> <laughs> Ghosting. Ghosting. Yeah. yeah, all the time. But I remember, like, when did you start working with Vivian, your manager? 
I can't even remember. <laughs> I can't remember. I know she was an assistant manager for a little while. Mm-hmm. If if that, I can't even believe that my team had that many levels. <laughs> but yeah, for a little while she was like uh, helping my main manager do their job Mm -hmm. um and then eventually it kind of became clear to me because i know how to i knew how to do it all um it became clear to me that vivin was doing all the work anyway so i was like you should just you should just do the job (laughs) and then take 20 percent instead of the 10 or whatever we were splitting i can't remember yeah um but it's been i haven't looked back and yeah what was the moment for you where you were like all right, I need to get someone to help me with my career as an artist. Uh, I just remember replying to a lot of emails. There's so many emails. And, and, and it wasn't like... Yeah, I think, uh, I think after the label approach as well, because I was like... I probably felt like I messed it up a little bit or mm-hmm. like um, it would have been good to have a buffer between me yep, and, the, and, some a, help. and an A&R person. Mm. Um, I think that the, 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 I can see now why people want a manager probably mm. before they're ready because mm. wanting the, the buffer is a comfort thing. It's like a blanket, yep. but um, yeah, I still feel like you kind of got to brave it all yourself for a little while first. Mm-hmm. So you realize how, how tough it is and you learn about yourself too in the process and like what you're good at and what you're bad at. And I also heard that you're a really good cook. <laughs> so I wanted to ask like, what are your favorite like Southeast Asian dishes to cook? Okay. I'm an enthusiastic cook. I, I wouldn't say that I'm like great. I like feeding people. So mm. I really enjoy doing it. Um, Chicken rice is probably one of my favorite things to make, um, big time. And, uh, but like lately I've learned how to make a Malaysian curry, chicken curry, like pretty well. (gasps) And I was like surprised by my own efforts because it used to be my mom could make it and I I didn't know how she made it. And I'd just be like, how does she get it like this? And then. After it took me about two or three tries, and then I got it just in my adult life, I guess. Yeah. Nice. And after accumulating a few extra skills in the kitchen after cooking so much, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you finally learn how to do things. Nice. I've eaten a lot of chicken curry, and the one thing I've learned is like everyone's chicken curry is different. It's true. But they can all make it nice in like their own yeah. unique way if they try, if there's love in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's what I've learned. Yeah. Yeah, but I've been through lots of phases with Southeast Asian cooking, like because it actually when when I was like twenty twenty four, I moved into an apartment by myself, mm-hmm. and I and that was like when I really started learning how to cook, cook. at home. Um, before then, it was like really basic, mm. terrible Australian <laughs> teenager cooking. Um, Beans on toast, <laughs> similar tuna on rice, like. Uh. But the, but the, the, I remember the first complicated thing I made was a laksa and <gasps> That's I actually complicated. did it quite well just because mm. I followed the recipe yeah, step by step to the nth degree. And then it like turned into a laksa and I was like, that tastes pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> if I just follow the steps, I will get this result. And then from there, snowballed in the kitchen. 
I see. Now I'm craving laksa. <laughs> but anyway, um, my last question for you. Do you have anything you're working on at the moment that you'd like to share with our audiences? Yes. <laughs> it's been a really kind of tough year for creativity. Um, I think a lot of people can probably sympathize uh, with me when I say that there has been a very big lack of motivation kind of across the board. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people felt that way since the pandemic and even in the third year of it, you know, coming to four, four years soon. But um, I've been chipping away slowly at a record. So that's what I'm working on uh, in, in the grand scheme of things. I want to release a, a, a full-length LP. Where I'm in this phase where working on my own stuff, I'm finding it really hard to decide whether I like something or not. So, uh, but I, I feel like I'm making progress. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to keep chipping away at it and it should be done soon. Mm. Excited. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, thanks, Yo, for joining us. We've My got pleasure. some snacking <laughs> coming up. Yes. How exciting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like that's the interview portion done. Yay. Thanks for having me, Giselle. Thanks for being here. Hey guys, it's Giselle from Asian Pop Weekly. You're listening to Everywhere and Nowhere 